Hey, I'm Shannon, a women's mindset coach to help you reignite your passion for life, ask for what you want, and go after those big, juicy dreams and have a kick-ass life, and mostly transform from martyr to magic. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Make sure to follow me at xo.shannonmargaret on Instagram, and I hope you love today's episode. So today's episode with Heather Kelly from Heather's Choice is amazing, especially for any of you product-based entrepreneurs. We also really deep dive into how Heather was able to raise capital, find mentorship, and also just really dig into the tenacity and grit it takes to get businesses off the ground. Heather has been around for over or Heather's Choice has been around for over seven years now, which if you are an entrepreneur, know that that is no small feat. So I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today, and I can't wait for you to listen and dive in. Let me know what you think. Well, hi, guys. Welcome. Today we have Heather Kelly. Is it? It's Heather Kelly, right? Or do you go by Heather Teresa Kelly? Uh, It's just Heather Kelly, but the Teresa, my mom, whenever I was in trouble, (laughs) I would be Heather Teresa. And for whatever reason, I just like throwing my middle name in there. I just think it's fun. (laughs) I like it. I love it. Okay. Well, we won't, you're not in trouble. So we'll just call you. (laughs) Um, She is an advanced, sorry, biz mentor and the owner and founder of Heather's Choice, which makes dehydrated food for all of your outdoor and adventure needs with delicious items like the lavender lemon or espresso pacaroons. Um, Heather is a fierce go-getter with so much knowledge on raising funds, starting companies, and in particular, product-based business. So welcome. Um, If you want to tell us a bit about yourself, first, I'm so curious how you ended up in Alaska, if you wanted to touch on that. And then how, I know this is a big can of worms, but just maybe a bit about Heather, like how Heather's Choice got started. Yeah, totally. So how I ended up in Alaska, my grandparents actually homesteaded in Alaska pre-statehood in the 1950s. So they moved up from St. Louis, bought 10 acres, I think for like 250 bucks and ended up building a log cabin there, which my dad was born and raised in this house. Um, It's now down to two and a half acres. Uh, but I was born and raised in this same house (laughs) in Bird Creek. Uh, So yeah, I was born and raised up here. My family's always been here in Alaska, both my mom and dad. And the property that my grandparents homesteaded in the 50s is still in our family. And it's just really magical. It's two and a half acres of like really dense rainforest. So big old spruce trees and it's all backed up to a national park. So it just seems like your backyard goes forever. So yeah, very Alaska proud. And I moved away for a bit. I went to school in Bellingham. I lived in Colorado to pursue my raft guiding career and started my first business when I was in Colorado doing sports nutrition consulting and ultimately just got homesick, decided I was ready to move back to Alaska. And that was in 2014. I had had the idea to start my own dehydrated food line called Heather's Choice. And that idea had been born from a lot of backcountry trips I had done, mostly pack rafting. And pack rafting is where you have a really small boat that you can actually roll up and carry with you. So they're about seven pounds and they're just these little teeny tiny rafts. So you can go do 
really incredible trips with them. So had the idea for Heather's Choice, had moved back to Alaska. A buddy of mine, Triple Dog, dared me into turning it into a business. And now it's been almost seven years. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the story of my life is just kind of like, I feel like living by the seat of my pants and just freaking going for it and getting dared into trying things. And here we are. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. Best dare ever. Honestly, that's so cool. I didn't actually realize you're from Alaska. I thought you moved up there, I guess, because I had seen you had lived in like Colorado and stuff. So that's, I love that. Yeah, and I it's would like pretty to fun. Go there. Yeah, I would really like to go there. You just need um, to get in the car and drive up here. You will love that drive. It is yeah. so stunningly beautiful. I actually was like so upset when I was a kid when I found out Alaska wasn't part of Canada. It just didn't make sense to me at all. I just <laughs> didn't understand. And I was like, what do you mean it's not? It was attached. Like, anyway, so I should, I should come up and see. Um, awesome. And seven years, that's also an amazing accomplishment in business too, right? I feel like I don't know what the stats are, but I feel like a lot of people don't probably make it past one or two years and definitely not till seven. So that is huge. And I feel like you guys are like just growing and scaling um, and getting bigger as it, as it goes. Yeah. It's been a super bumpy ride as most entrepreneurship is, but I am really proud that, yeah, after seven years, we're still here and it's pretty well baked into our company values that we're tenacious and we always find a way and we just keep going. <laughs> and yeah, it definitely gets better every year too. Like reflecting back on like 2014 and 15 and 17, again, there was just some really rocky times in there. Uh, but just being really persistent and staying with it, it's now paying dividends and I'm so, so grateful for that. The business is in a really, really good place. And that's even different from a year ago. Like a year ago, everybody got hit by COVID and our business actually took off. But as you know, when your business grows really, really fast, that brings a whole another slew of problems. So now like we've just built a really great team. We have really great wholesale partners. We manufacture everything ourselves. We manage all of our own distribution. And so everything is just, it feels really nice and tightly bundled in one place here in Anchorage. And that, that took a lot of work and had to kind of defend that decision for a long time to do everything ourselves. <laughs> Which is probably a lot of the charm, like two things. I love that it's called Heather's Choice and you are the name of the brand. You're on all, like I went on your website, your name, your face is prevalent everywhere. And I feel like, and it's made in Alaska, like there's so much, which I'm sure people resonate with that it's made there they know who it's by it feels like they know you um and the other thing I wanted to touch on just saying like the beginning was such a bumpy ride and especially like product-based business and then because I'm familiar from being a sales rep and doing that myself and then I can't even imagine food because I feel like I'm sure there's way more like t-shirts don't expire or <laughs> 
like there's no, there's a lot less regulations, um, maybe a little bit more for kids stuff, but it, it's pretty much, it is what it is. So I feel like that is hard, like going into a product-based business and testing product and figuring out what works and having stuff come back that didn't go so well and pivoting and learning and getting the right recipe. And then also having all the guidelines and things that you have to hit and expiry and I just feel I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit but I feel like there's like that would be your first couple of years I feel like you'd just be working at the kinks of it oh yeah and we still to this day like recipe development now is kind of its whole its own thing because you immediately go from making something in your home kitchen to like how do I make thousands of this and how do I make it in a 40 gallon batch or our next step is to scale up to like 200 gallon batches. And it's like, whoa, this is really different than making like eight servings for myself at home. So yeah, it does feel like it's just a really steep learning curve. And I also feel like because we were just really bulldogged and we stuck with jumping through all the hoops with our local health department and the FDA and the USDA, and we continue to just like, appease all these different governing bodies we now really have something and it's not for the faint of heart and i wouldn't recommend food to 98 percent of the people that i meet but now we we just really have something and that gives me a lot of sense of value with the company knowing that we have all of our own permitting and we have our recipes and we have our processes and there's just a lot of intellectual property that comes with building a business like this which I'm really grateful for because it all started with one little small countertop dehydrator and a bunch of, you know, handwriting on a piece of paper. Like it's all started there. And now I don't even touch any of the manufacturing. Like they hardly let me in the kitchen anymore, which is great. <laughs> and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of parts that you've had to give or not had to, or maybe chosen to give up as it grows and scales. Um, but I think that's such an important thing for people to remember when they're starting out is like to not give up, like the tenacity you had to stick with it. And now you have this amazing thing to show for it. And it's worth like has tons of value and worth money. And, but like, if you give up, you're not going to, like, I feel like people see that, but they're not willing to go through the starting period. You know, like right. it gets a little bit hard, it gets a little bit sticky and people are like, oh, not for me, like just want to give up. But to to know, like if you stick it out, you will get there, but it it's not going to be easy. Um, and it's not on your timeline. Like I would have thought that five years into it, it would have been way bigger, which even as I say that out loud, I'm like, was I really thinking it was going to be way bigger? Like we can talk all we want of like, Oh, I want to be as big as Cliff Bar someday, or I want to have a hundred million dollar a year business. And it's like, yeah, but do you are you willing to grow through like the hundred thousand, the half a million, the million, the five million, the ten million? Like you have to go through all those awkward growth stages in order to get to the hundred million. And I think that just as you said, a lot of people aren't willing to endure those really awkward years. <laughs> Right. It's like the, te the teenage years of business, maybe, right? Like the braces, you yes. have the acne, like it's, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty. People say mean things about you all the time and you like question your value in the world constantly. Right? 
Yes. Yeah, definitely <laughs> the teenage years. I love that. Um, and then I wanted to ask, because I've heard you talk on your podcast about like raising funds or you have a like you have investors, but you're still like the main decision maker. Like, how does that all work? And was that easy? And do you like it? Would you recommend it? Yeah. So I started the company with nothing. <laughs> Literally had like not a dollar to my name. So pretty early on, it was like, okay, I'm going to have to like get good at raising capital in order to get this thing off the ground. And so it wasn't actually until let's see, 2014, I basically begged and borrowed money from friends and family. Uh, 2015, we did a Kickstarter campaign and we raised about $54,000 in five weeks. So that was like a pretty sizable Kickstarter. Yeah. And then 2016, I was actually invited to participate in a business accelerator here in Anchorage. And they basically said, Hey, we've got $25,000 and a seat in accelerator. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Like I need every dollar I can get my hands on to always be reinvesting in this business. Cause you're always buying more packaging and more ingredients. And the bigger you get, the more you have to buy. And it just doesn't end. Yes. So at the end of that accelerator program, the, one of the funds that invested in the accelerator approached me and said, Hey, you know, we're interested in doing a round of angel investment in Heather's choice. And I said yes to that mostly because of the woman who was the head of the fund. Uh, her name is Catherine and she's still an investor and on my board. And I just felt really comfortable with her mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have taken on investment had it not been her that I was working with directly. So I think as far as like, would I recommend it? Absolutely. Like I would recommend taking on investment and pitching to angels and going through all of that assuming you can find people that you really trust and you really want to work with. And from there, we went on to raise more angel capital. I haven't done a fundraising round since about 2018. So it's been a few years now, but having a board and like getting all that stuff set up, I just had really great business mentors and really great investors who are willing to handhold me through that whole process And so the way it's structured now is that I still am majority owner in the business. I'm still the managing member of the business. So basically I make all the decisions and I have most of the financial liability. So I think that that's a really important piece that a lot of people don't realize is if you maintain control of your company, you are financially liable for it as well. And I feel like there's a lot of people who potentially want to raise money but they don't want to give up equity and they don't want to give up any power or ownership. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Like you've got to be willing to negotiate and to trade something in order for these people to take a really big risk on you. Mm -hmm. Or alternatively, if you're going to go to a bank and you're going to raise money that way, you've got to be financially responsible for that. So if your business goes under, you could potentially end up with a very sizable business loan that you still have to pay off. Right. And I, I think that's where I find myself getting kind of like frustrated as I talk to other entrepreneurs is this like aversion to risk or trying to insulate themselves from any sort of failure. And I'm just like, 
grow a pair. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like you are assuming a lot of risk by going into business and you might as well embrace it because it's only going to get riskier as far as I'm concerned. If you're growing a business and you're taking on more money or you're taking on bigger accounts or you're selling more product or you're hiring more people, your assumed risk only gets bigger. Yeah. You just have to go for it. Like if you're not willing to do it when it's small, then don't bother, you know, like, cause it will get bigger. It's very interesting and it's real. Like, um, it doesn't and, always go so great. And I think that you just get better at running into those roadblocks and having things like that happen. And you just get more resilient over time. Yeah. Cause yeah, my, my entrepreneurial journey has a lot of times revolved around just like cash and cash management and cash flow and understanding accounting and I'm sure this, it's probably similar with a lot of entrepreneurs where a lot of it revolves around money, but yeah. I just feel like I've had a really steep learning curve in managing cash and you just get more resilient with like, okay, this person didn't pay me. Well, I have other tools that I can pull on. I can bridge the gap. I can go back to my investors. I can go to my lenders and you start to kind of build a network of people who are willing to help you take the next step in your business. And that might mean buying a hundred thousand pairs of sandals and knowing you're going to sell them, but it might take you six months to sell them. And then it's going to take you 90 days to get paid after every sale. So like, how do you bridge that financial gap in between? And like you and I talked about before we started recording, that's not necessarily a conversation that's had in like the coaching industry. <laughs> It's just bridging the financial gap all the time. <laughs> yeah. And taking, taking the risk. So when I had my kids clothing company, I did like baby trucker hats. There just weren't a lot of hats for really small babies and kind of found this um, manufacturer who made them and it was super unique. And I was able to open up because I'm a sales rep. I was also able to angle the, with my janky ass like catalog I made on word somehow is able to open all these doors. And then the demand was more than I could fill. So then I was having to buy like 350 of each size of each color. And the stakes were getting real because I didn't need that many, but I had to buy in the bulk now. And it's that thing where you're having to put your cash out before the sales have come in. Um, and I definitely, struggled and I wobbled in that and I can see that like if I had been at a different spot and maybe had I don't know whatever all the things stars had aligned it would have gone but I can see that such a big that growth level that you hit and you have to fully like I'm in or you're out like you got to choose if you're going for it and then once you do you just got to make it happen and sell what you have because now your basement is full of baby hats and like, <laughs> you, you don't have any other choice and the same thing like as you were saying you start to step out and that was another lesson I was prepped like I had people pressing them it was like heat press and I had a company doing it for me and then they shifted out of that and I couldn't find anyone else or everyone else I tried wasn't doing it properly. So I went back to doing it and I had two little kids and was like heat pressing these orders in our basement. And you know, it just, those learning curves where you just like gotta get tenacious and like get out there and find someone else, train someone higher cause you can't do it all or you do until you get to something else. And I'm sure you've had that where you're like, jumping back in in the kitchen or whatever you need to do but it's 
yeah, it's just like a whole nother level. Or I'm sure once you figured it out, something happens and you got to rejig it again. Yeah. Yep. It's ever evolving. And I think that's the other piece that people don't talk about a lot either is just how hard it is to manage employees. Like I, I think that if you pulled the majority of business owners, they would say managing people is the most difficult part of any business. And like I said before, we're right now in a really great spot because we've really invested in our team and really focused on that for the last six to eight months. It's been all about building the dream team and making a lot of hard decisions and having people leave and having new people join and just kind of cultivating a really good foundation of people to build on. And that's not anything anybody warned me about when I started a business, <laughs> they were yeah. just like, Oh yeah, if you can make it, then you can sell it and you can build a website and blah, blah, blah. But there wasn't a whole lot of discussion around like how hard it is to fire people or how hard it is when you hire your friends and they don't work out and then you got to get rid of them. And ugh, it's a constant evolution. I'm probably not painting a great picture of entrepreneurship, but the takeaway from all of this is just how much you have to grow as an individual as you're building your business. You got to grow so freaking fast. Otherwise you just get left in the dust. Yeah. And you can't let it take you down. And I, I know I hate when I talk about it, I don't want it to be put it in a bad light, but I feel like not enough people talk and it's kind of like going into motherhood or whatever adventure, just be real with me because at least then you can know a bit more what to expect and see it coming. But I agree. It's like the lessons, like you have to be able to extract the lesson. Well, that really didn't work. We're not going to do that next time we're in implementing something else. And then like still vowing to like move on instead of, cause I think the other thing is you can, it can take you down. Like that didn't go, like I had a few things come up in my business and it just spiraled me and I made it mean so much. And it's like in the big scheme of things, it's not, you just have to pull the lesson out and keep going, but it can trip you up. So it's just, I feel like it, the growth is such a key part of that. Yep, absolutely. And that's where I've spent the last year getting coaching outside of Heather's Choice, just for me personally, because I realized that how I show up in Heather's Choice is like a huge determining factor of how the business is doing and like what our opportunity is. And it's been really helpful just to have somebody who is non- uh, not non-attached, but like, isn't biased to Heather's choice. Like they almost don't know anything about Heather's choice as a business. And they're just talking to me and like, just focusing on me, Heather as the individual and getting coaching in that capacity was actually really helpful for this last year, because I could be really honest about like, I hate this, this part sucks. I don't want to do this. I wish I had this blah, blah, blah. And to have that third party, kind of seeing me as an entrepreneur and like me as Heather just allowed me a really great opportunity to get honest about how I wanted to run the business, what was important to me, uh, and to create opportunities for myself outside of Heather's choice while simultaneously showing up in just a better way for the business and showing up as an actual leader rather than, I don't know, just like reverting back to being kind of a brat. You know, like we have to catch ourselves and see where we revert back to our old habits and patterns and 
potentially those don't serve us anymore. If we're trying to grow a business, potentially we have to grow up a little bit and learn new skills and learn new ways to communicate in order for the business to really thrive. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it makes so much sense. And I feel like you wrote a post about this too. And you mentioned it again now, but it's like, it's almost helping build you as a leader or like in your leadership, not just in that, that capacity. And I feel like too, I don't know if you find this, but like, I feel like you could probably get sucked back into the business, into the doing, you know, into the daily doing where it's like really running a company in a business. You have to be on top looking over and really seeing how everything's moving and how all the people that you're managing are doing. Like you almost really need to be above watching it all and shifting instead of in the doing and it's just happening and things are falling apart and you're kind of reacting instead of being up top and like actually looking at okay what needs to change or how can we do things better or how can this be easier for me totally and I read a book called the e-myth really early on in the days of Heather's Choice that talked about the difference between a technician a manager and and it's like a boss and the right. owner of the company and that was really helpful just to make that distinction super early on of like, I'm an owner, I'm a founder. Like I've tried to avoid the CEO role for a while. I don't know why, but that, that just scared me. Um, but now being the CEO, yeah, I really try to be intentional about not spending time in the everyday doing. And when I find myself doing that, like I still do the Heather Choice social media, even though that's not my highest contribution to the company but I'm just not ready to let that go and hand it off to somebody. Uh, so I got to keep an eye out for like, what are those things that I'm still death gripping when really mm -hmm. I should be delegating those and staying at a higher level in terms of like vision casting and looking at just what's ahead, like three to five years, not what's happening next week or what's happening today. It's, it's all about the big vision stuff. And the financing side of it, especially as we grow. And thankfully I've come to learn, like I've come to learn and love the finance side of it. And so now like, that's actually pretty dang fun for me, which is great. <laughs> that's good. I know when you're talking about all the cash management and it's so funny, cause you probably are like, I'm getting into like food business. And then you're like actually in the business of like managing cash, but it's good if you can learn to love it and like it or get excited by it. Yes, absolutely. Feel like it'd freak me out. And then I wanted to ask, so you had investors or like angel investors and then for like mentorship. So I know you've had kind of coaching or, but for like business mentorship, did you find it easy to find people? Was it like paid stuff? Did you find people willing to like help you learn things and kind of up level in, in the business side or how did that go for you? Yeah, I would say I've been really, 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 really lucky. That's just, I'm just lucky all the way around. And that has translated into people literally just coming out of the woodwork to help in building Heather's choice. Like there's a part of this whole business that is very much like divinely guided. It's bigger than me. And I'm very much along for the ride. And an example of this is when I was in, what was this? 2016, I had been encouraged to go to a trade show. And it was a small trade show with a nonprofit in the hunt and fish industry. And I like 
for whatever reason, get the little nudge from the universe to like go. So I pack up my stuff and fly to Missoula and set up my table. And at that one event, I met Arnie who ended up not only being a business mentor, but his brother, Dan has since become a like multiple time investor in Heather's choice and a business mentor that I'm on the phone with probably twice a week. So like, didn't see that one coming. I also was interviewed for a slew of podcasts, thanks to going to that one trade show, which absolutely put Heather's choice on the map and attracted a whole nother slew of business mentors. And I've had people just kind of watch and see what we're up to and reach out and say, Hey, I used to be like the marketing manager at power bar, you know, back in the nineties. And I happen to live in Anchorage. If you need anything, call me. So it feels really, again, just like divinely guided. And it's not that I really sought any of these people out. They just appeared. And I think it's my willingness to like sit and listen to what these people have to say that has motivated them to keep working with me. Cause there's nothing more frustrating than being a mentor and like giving your advice or giving your two cents and having somebody completely blow it off and just like go the other direction. And it's like, okay, well, like that was probably a waste of my time and don't need to do that again, where I feel like I've really tried to be intentional with all of my business mentors, whether it's paid or whether it's, you know, them just volunteering their time or it's them investing in the business that I really try to take to heart, whatever it is they have to say. And that doesn't mean I have to do everything that they tell me, but it does mean that like, I need to hear them out. I need to hear their perspective. And if I'm going to disagree, it's helpful for me to tell them why of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I see that you think we should really go after this grocery opportunity. And here's why I don't want to do it. It's because of X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. Like, I hope you can understand that. And then pretty quickly you can see like, do I still need this mentor or is there area of expertise actually in something that I don't need anymore? And like the relationship potentially dies or um, goes on pause. And I think that that's where if you have a lot of clarity in your business and where you want to go and what you want it to be, you can attract the right people who can help you on your path. Whereas if you don't have any direction, you don't know where you're going and you don't know what you want and you don't take the time to figure that stuff out. You might have like a lot of coffee and cocktail dates that don't like come to fruition. Like they don't bring anything. Like it's just wasted air for them and for you because you're not clear on what it is you're trying to build. Yeah, no, that is really great advice because I could see that and we've been on like both ends of the coaching as well. And yeah, you don't have to do everything, but if you're, if you're there, you have to be willing to take it on and yeah, they're giving you advice for a reason or they see something and they, they're trying to help you. So to, to at least take it on, um, and, and see if it, if it works. I love that. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. It sounds like it's just been I mean, I feel like people are drawn, like your energy, you obviously go after things like you're, you're making things happen, which probably draws them into you, into the company. Um, and probably for people like wanting that, like 
because you said it just kind of happened, I guess, just showing up and doing your thing and going to the trade shows and going on podcasts and putting out your own thing and to keep showing up and doing it. And hopefully we'll pull those people out when they see what you're doing or what you're making um, and kind of like help to build your network. Um, and you have a book club right now. Does that tell me about that? Yeah, it's one of the pieces within Heather's Choice that I've really struggled with is building company culture. I'm basically an only child. I love my alone time. Yeah, like I am just, you can just leave me on my own in a room with like a pen and paper and I will entertain myself to no end and just like be happy as a clam. Whereas to be in like a big group of people, I can't like do that for too long. So suddenly to now be the CEO of my business and have a team of people who are looking to me for direction and for enthusiasm and dun, 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 like it's, it was just so much pressure. I was like, I have no idea how to show up for these people. And like, I just didn't even know where to start. And so one of the ideas that came up was starting a book club within Heather's Choice where every Thursday we get together and we've read a couple of chapters and we sit and we have drinks and we have snacks and we just talk about the book that we're reading. And I think within Heather's Choice, it's, it's done a couple of things. One, it's like illustrated to our employees how much we care about their personal development because a lot of the books that we read are personal development or business related. Um, us buying them the books too is kind of like illustrating that generosity that I really desire to have within Heather's Choice. When you sit in that small group environment, you pretty quickly like pick up on social cues, you pick up on body language. It's pretty obvious if somebody's not willing to come sit in the circle. It's obvious if somebody like chooses not to attend, like just kind of creating that little bit of environment allows us to get to know each other better and allows me to kind of see dynamics between people. And it's also invited just a little bit of like playfulness into the company, which is another piece of our company culture that we're really trying to highlight is like, how do we not take ourselves so damn seriously and like have some fun with this and make this a great place to work. So creating the book club was just selfishly like me sort of grasping at like, how do I actually create company culture within Heather's Choice that I'm excited about? Because I don't actually want to just like go get drinks with the crew after work and talk about whatever. Like I actually want to have more in-depth conversations and share the things that I'm learning about and working on personally. And it feels really good to come into the company and be like, Hey, I'm still growing too. I'm still learning. Like the only difference between me and most of the people in this room is I was willing to take the risk on this. And I was mm -hmm bulldogged enough to stay after it, even when it wasn't working and it didn't make sense. So that's been really awesome to do within Heather's Choice. And then I also host the book club through Facebook. So if people are like, hey, I want to read what you guys are reading. I have the Relentless and Ridiculous book club that I host through Facebook. Uh, we meet once a month via Zoom and it's just awesome. It's awesome to like be encouraging people to pick up like a paperback book and to mm -hmm. give your eyes a break from looking at screens. And like this next book we're about to read is all about a female reporter 
during the 1964 earthquake here in Alaska. So it was like a 9.2 or 9.4, whatever earthquake that just shook this whole town. And it's just going to be like a really awesome story about like basically bolstering everybody's morale through like this huge catastrophic, catastrophic event. And it's also a little bit of history and there's just going to be some really cool lessons from it. So yeah, the, the book club has just been a really self-serving <laughs> way for me to build community. Um, cause yeah, uh, that was, that was really, really hard there for a lot of years. Yeah. And as being like having been an employee at a lot of companies, something like that can make a big difference, right? Because it's like building that community, you seeing people as people who want to develop, who have potential, who are interested in other things. Because that's the hard part, too. It's like employees sometimes are people with dreams, too. They just haven't got there or they're doing it on the side. Um, and, and that's just as valuable to them. And having that like social interaction, I mean, you don't always love everyone you work with, but it's still nice to see people on that different level. And like you said, to not being too serious, because like sometimes you just need to like leave it at the door, enjoy yourself, have a little bit of fun. And yeah, definitely drop the screen. I read, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I find it, I, read very few paperback like I feel very accomplished when I like finish that totally um, yeah <laughs> right but it's yeah it's so satisfying um okay so what are some of the tools or rituals or habits that you would say have helped you on this journey the most or maybe lately that you've really been leaning into I journal obsessively so i basically take my journal with me everywhere and it acts as a place where I can brain dump or it's kind of like a check-in point for me. So journaling is a big one. And if I don't do that, you know, consistently, I feel really, really lost. So journaling has been a really big one. I have been really geeking on my human design and just learning a lot more about, you know, my open centers and watching for frustration since I'm a generator, uh, really embracing my martyr heretic profile of a three, five, like there's so much within human design that I just can't learn enough about it. It feels like, but just sort of like processing that has been really, really helpful and keeping an awareness of it. I also have been religious about a vision board since I was like 20 and mm -hmm it is so gratifying for me to take the time to, again, sit with my journal, sit on the floor, maybe look at Pinterest and just like get really clear of like, what is it that I actually want? And in human design, I'm also a specific manifester. So like, I know exactly <laughs> what I want and it is really impossible to shop for me. Like, please don't buy me anything unless it's a cup of coffee. And even then, like you might screw it up. And it, that has been just a wonderful practice for me to allow myself to visualize like on a whiteboard of what it is that I truly want. And I did this practice even Sunday this past week. And now I look at my vision board and I'm reminded of like the luxury and the business ideas and the stuff that I'm bringing to fruition and how I want to invest in our home. And it's all right there. 
every single day when I go to my office, I can look at it and be like, oh yeah, like this is what I'm working towards right now. And every time for me, when I do that practice and I put things on the vision board and then I get to take them down because I've accomplished them, it's like, okay, there's more evidence that what you want is coming to you. Like, I don't know how many times you need to learn this lesson, but it's all possible for you. <laughs> so it's really, really been a helpful practice to just have the freaking, you know, glue and <laughs> paper and little baby scissors and just create something that's really visually stimulating to keep me focused on where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent back the, the vision board and I really like tell people to get specific and like, don't just cut stuff out of a magazine. Like I'm like, print out what you want. Like the thing that you want as much as possible. Cause yeah, same thing. I think it's just a reminder, right? Like, I feel like we know we journal, we have these visions, we know where we're going. And then I feel like, well, for me, I just get kind of swept up and sometimes you just forget and you, you get caught up in the day to day. And then if you see that you're like, right. Or I feel like it's almost like subconsciously, like, okay, we know where we're going. This is for us. Like we set some big goals and it's cool to see everything. I think I had almost everything come to fruition last year. And one is going to happen as soon as the, we're getting our house painted, but it will feel really good. And as Yay. soon as the weather gets better, but it's so cool to see you're like, wow, all that stuff happened. It's fully possible. And it wasn't stuff that I thought would happen. I just put it on just, just cause, just cause I could. Um, yeah, I love that. And I'm, a, I'm non-specific, but I'm very visual. So I think it's just good to see that or even if other people see it and ask you and you're like all right I did put that on and to see it come and also love the journaling which is I find interesting because I've definitely talked spoken to a few people lately that have found it hard and I'm the opposite um have you read Rebecca Campbell's Rise Sister Rise no but I would love to Okay. So she talks about in it where she kind of realizes when she was a kid, like as an adult, she's figuring this out, how that's how she expresses her emotions. And it was like this light bulb went off on me too, where I can remember like writing out emails to like boyfriends at the time. And I was like, I think that's really how I get things out. And after she said it, it made so much sense. And I find so much satisfaction and just it's like you can kind of clear space in your head. Like you can pull all the thoughts out and you just have room to think again because everything's on the paper. You can go back and look at it if you need to reference anything, but it just kind of allows like that brain dump. Um, and I know it's not for everybody, but I do encourage people to try um, just because I think it can be so therapeutic, but you should read that because um, she talks about it in there and I really liked it and it kind of, it just reminded me like it's already something I do but it was just a reminder that it is really important for me or even to talk to people if I can't talk to maybe write a letter um, and just get it out that way first totally cool. um okay so what is in the future for you and Heather's choice and are I know you talked about one of the projects but any upcoming projects 
Oh, that's a good question. Uh, with Heather's Choice back in December, I sat down with my board members and just got really clear about the direction I want to take the business. And I do want to keep it here in Alaska. I want to grow it to have a national presence. And what that means is moving into a much larger kitchen space. So right now we have a little baby kitchen and a little baby warehouse and you know, it's all of 3000 square feet and it's just not enough for us to really get to the next level. So uh, designing and financing a very large manufacturing facility here in Anchorage is my next big project. That's going to be a lot. <laughs> I'm going to learn so much that I didn't know about buildings and buying buildings and like electrical and hazmat and like I have no idea. Like there's, there is so much that I'm going to learn in this process that that's 98% of the fun. Uh, additionally with Heather's Choice, we're continuing to add new team members. So continuing to build a great team is front of mind and then expanding the adventure menu. So adding more meals, ideally more snacks, maybe hot drinks. Like the ideas are just forever exciting of what we could do. And I think it's just for me, kind of like taking it one step at a time. Like, okay, what's the most important thing? We need to keep up with our sales this summer. And then we need to be actively moving into a new space. And then from there, ideally we have enough production capacity to be like, all right, you know, add another color of hat. Like, let's do it. <laughs> um, but we're not quite there yet. And then outside of Heather's Choice, I have started doing business mentorship and that has been such a beautiful opportunity for me because it reminds me how much I've learned in the last seven years of building this business. Because so I think at times we, we forget how much we've grown we forget how much we've endured. And so it's been really, really fun for me to work with either one-to-one -one business mentorship clients or in a mastermind format. And these are people who are they're going for it. Like they're in it. They've started their business and they're kind of deer in the headlights of like, oh my gosh, how do I manage money? Like, how do I fundraise? Do I need to fundraise? Should I fundraise? Uh, like, should I hire somebody? Like they're kind of in that stage of business. And it's just really, really gratifying to get to work with them and help them avoid some of the big mistakes that I've made that have been very expensive <laughs> over the years. And outside of that, I'm just going to be home here in Alaska, freaking loving, you know, living in this little, this house was built in 1954, which was also pre-statehood. So like loving up on this house, growing a garden, hanging out with Django the dog. Life is pretty, it's pretty sweet right now. I'm really, really fortunate for how things are going. Summertime in Alaska. That is amazing. It's amazing. So <laughs> what do you do in the summer? I feel like you raft and stuff, but like, what do you do at home? Do you do, do you raft in Alaska or what do you do? Yeah, we do quite a bit of rafting, a lot of fishing, uh, in the fall, we'll go hunting and try to fill the freezer and we grow a ton of food. So Brad and I just bought this house a little over a year ago. So last year it was like a lot of house projects and kind of like getting moved in and all of that. But honestly, in the summer months, we'll be making fun of the chickens and growing a bunch of vegetables and I'll be dehydrating everything I get my hands on. And yeah, it's, 
it's really fun to see that after like my next project after Heather's choice is absolutely going to be a farm. Like I'm going to grow and preserve and like play with food forever. <laughs> it's just, it's not right now. Not yet. <laughs> future, future dreams. There's definitely yes. something. I feel like we're, I'm just getting into that stage. Like when my kids were little, I was like, I can only keep humans alive. Like that's where I tap out. But now that they're a bit older and can even help and they have like a garden program at their school, it, there's something so satisfying about growing something, like growing your own food, right? Like you put it in I just, it's fresh. Like there's so many good things. I feel like it's such a good skill to teach kids and just to be self-sustainable, especially with what was happening in the world this past year. You're probably like, sweet, I got food. I got a freezer full of meat and right. right you're like we're good it's okay if I could only have a toilet paper tree I'd be like good to go <laughs> exactly yeah it's really fun to stay connected to some of those things by having a business here in Alaska where it literally is like the fish are swimming it's July drop everything and like go catch salmon that's what we're yeah. up to so I feel like just that lifestyle that we have here kind of keeps us connected to the seasons and it's really nice to not feel like it is full steam ahead all year round all the time it just yes. it can't be <laughs> yeah and I he, I feel like there's like a groundedness like you just can't take yourself as seriously like you just kind of going out for a walk or doing something in nature like it really does just help like it just the stress melts away um it's important like yeah, I definitely value it a lot. Um, and I loved what you were saying about the mentoring and about working with other people because it probably has been, obviously you've had a ton of mentors that have worked with you and you've said how lucky you were to have those people and now how cool to be full circle. And now you're helping people to do the same thing. Like, I feel like that must be really satisfying and um, and neat to see them from the beginning and know how it feels and be able to help them and then watch them as they start to take off or do big things too. Yep. It's very full circle. And again, it's, it's a confidence booster for me too. You know, like I had to really kind of defend my decision to start a podcast and to start doing business mentorship and, you know, people were like, well, that's going to take away time from Heather's choice and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, man, I need something outside of this that like reminds me that I'm not a total idiot sometimes. <laughs> sometimes in business, you just get kicked around and you have bad weeks or you have bad months and you're just like, yeah, I feel like I can't get a break here. So having something outside of Heather's Choice that just reminds me of what I know and what I've learned and what I've been through and being able to share that is really, really special. I love that so much. So cool. And yeah, you said earlier before recording, like about that, someone like, why would you want to work with me? Like you almost forget sometimes all the things that we know and that we've learned. And it's a good reminder that like, right, I can help people. I do know a lot of things and it's a very specific knowledge base sometimes, but would so helpful to, to people in that industry. And that's why part of why I wanted to have you on for anyone in product-based 
business or food, just to kind of have that perspective and to know what's out there and what's possible and that funding, like that's not anything I ever thought of, of getting investors, but is totally an option. It's just kind of expanding people's minds that if you are wanting to, to really step up, these are some of the ways you can do it. Um, and it's, it's fully possible. Um, and it's happening for you. So yeah, absolutely. Um, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram at Heather Teresa Kelly. That's my personal Instagram where I take lots of pictures of Django the dog and <laughs> share some of my food projects and talk about the business. And, you know, it's, it is, I would say, uh, not curated. It is like very much like real life for me, Instagram platform. And then also on Instagram, you can find us at Heather's Choice. And we basically just highlight all the silliness that happens behind the scenes and show off our badass customers and talk about our products and why they're great for everybody's backcountry adventures. And then I have the Relentless and Ridiculous podcast, which is just as ridiculous as it sounds. <laughs> it's a lot of stories of what's going on with Heather's Choice behind the scenes again, just to kind of share it in real time of, again, you don't necessarily think about your sales plan or how intimidating it is for a business owner like me to hire a sales rep. Like that's a big, scary step. Um, so I try to talk about some of those pieces that I'm working through in real time with the podcast, as well as interview other entrepreneurs who have either had businesses that went big and sold or epically failed and everything in between. So that has been really, really, really fun to highlight other entrepreneurs who have just these incredible stories that will either inspire you or break your heart. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it. If people are in the U S then they can find Heather's choice all across the country and REI, or you can order through our website at heatherschoice.com and anybody wants to know about Alaska, you can shoot me a message and I'll tell you how great it is. <laughs> I love it. So that's what I meant to ask you. Can, does your website ship to Canada or can we get it in Canada at all yet or no? We have one distributor. I think they're out of Ontario. Yeah. Um, we, we do ship to Canada. It is wicked expensive. So Canadian distribution is it's on the, the vision board of things yeah. to tackle. Uh, but I wouldn't say that the shipping rates are favorable. So if you're okay. going to order food from Heather's Choice, you might want to like pair up with some friends and place a big enough order to eat the shipping costs because it's crazy how much it costs to ship food across the border. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea why, but it's just freaking expensive. Crazy. Okay. Well, I still might have to do because I really want to try something them. They look amazing. And thank you so much for being on and definitely follow Heather on Instagram and Heather's choice and highly recommend your podcast as well. I've listened to a few of the break your heart and success stories and just the real time. Like, I feel like that's what we all need, or I know I was craving that in a business and I still do. It's just that real time knowing you're not alone and that other people and kind of the struggles they're going through and how they get through it and hearing those her heroic tales and some some heartbreaking ones, but it's just so inspiring. So I love it so much. Thank you. It's freaking fun. We try to keep, again, keep everything lighthearted and just have fun with it. Not take ourselves too, too seriously. <laughs> yeah.
Totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on and we'll talk to you guys soon. And just a reminder to make sure that you subscribe and rate and review the podcast. If you love today's episode, I'd love to hear your feedback. And I am doing a monthly giveaway. So if you review the podcast, just make sure to take a screenshot of it and tag me in at xo.shannonmargaret or send a DM and you'll be entered for the prize. Okay, bye.